All right, we're going we're gonna to try Psalms 23 once more. Psalms 23, take two. Um, we started on, on Psalms 23 a couple of weeks ago, uh, going through uh, the first couple of verses. And I'll, I'll go through and just touch on the first couple of verses very quickly. Uh, but then we'll we'll hit on the ones after that. And it's really a psalm from David who was a shepherd and understood a shepherd's heart because he spent time in the field. And he understood uh, shepherding from a shepherd's position, understanding what it was like and what it meant. And he noticed and knew that God was his shepherd. Just as he shepherded sheep, God was his shepherd. And so he was able to make that analogy. And it's it's really, there's a, a number of things that comes out of this passage that really shows us the love of God. And it's when you understand it, you're just like, man, Lord, there's so much in here and you have so much for me. You desire to to bless me, to lead me, to reveal things to me. But um, let's just uh, start out. At, at if you're if you have your Bibles this evening, uh, turn to Psalms 23. If you've got it on your phone, then open it up to open up your app to Psalms 23. Um and I'm going to pray over it real quick. Father, we thank you for Psalms 23. We thank you for David that had such a revelation around this word and understanding who you are. And Father, that he knew your heart, that he could, he could express this. Lord, by knowing you and knowing your heart towards him. And Father, we pray that you would open our mind and our understanding and our eyes, our spiritual, our spiritual eyes to understanding your love and your greatness, your love towards us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, the first part is the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And we talked about what a shepherd is and, and the two words that make up the word shepherd. And it's actually head and I. So the entity that watches over me, the entity that watches over me. So he actually watches over us. It's not just, uh, you know, someone that stands in the field and, and reads a book or, and, you know, just hangs out with the sheep, but he is watching over every aspect of our life and of our well-being. So his, the shepherd's job is to watch over and to uh, tend for, to care, to guide. And even as we go through this, not only do I want you to look at this from a personal standpoint, like this is for me, but I also want you to look at it, if you're a leader in this house, then I also want you to look at it in the way of this is also who I should be to those that I'm over and those that I'm, I'm shepherding. And if you are a parent, then it's how you should be in your home. So there's more than one way to be able to look at this. It's not just God is our shepherd, but if we are to operate the way he operates, then we're to take on those same characteristics and, and be able to apply these things in our life. So it, it also shows us how to be a better leader. It shows us how to be a better parent. It shows us how to be a, a even a better employee in the workplace. But uh, it, it goes on, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means I'm not going to lack anything because the wilderness has all kinds of demands. In, in Jerusalem, in that area, it's not plush green fields. That's what we're used to. And of course, we're used to seeing, you know, 
that, like that picture right over there, the lamb laying down in, in all of the grass. And, and it's like we're used to seeing the rolling hills of green. But that's not the case in the Middle East. It's deserty, and there's very little greenery. And so the, the, the idea of the wilderness but God's always going to take you to a place where you're not going to lack, and he's going to know exactly where those places need to be and what you need for that day. So he supplies our daily needs. Just like in the, in the, um, when the, the uh, Israelites came into the wilderness, and, and God supplied what for them every day? Manna. Yeah. And he told them, don't go out and gather more than what you need for today. Why? Because it's a trust thing. Because I'm going to provide for you daily. So don't go out there and store up uh, for the week or store up for two weeks for your family. I'm going to provide for you daily. And those that tried to do that ended up with maggots in their manna, which is disgusting. So God was showing them and telling them, you've got to trust me every day. So it's not about hoarding. It's about trusting and having a relationship with our shepherd so I shall not want I will not be in in lack I won't be in decrease uh, he's going to take me exactly where I need to be and I'm trusting in him verse 2 he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters uh, that again that green pastures is not the the green pastures that we see here it is it is the areas if you look at uh, the rainy season, even in the wilderness, there are strips of green up on the the uh, hillsides, and then there there are paths uh, that the sheep take with the shepherd. And it's like between these rows are are greenery that they can eat a little bit of that greenery along the way, and the the shepherd leads them. But it's not like this huge field full of green pastures. And so he it says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Sheep don't lie down when they're anxious. They don't lie down when they're fearful. They don't lie down when they're scared. They don't lie down when there's uh, bugs after them because they're not comfortable. They're, they're animals that are very tense and anxious. And so if they aren't at peace, they will not lie down. And so that means for us that we are to be in a place with the Lord where we trust him so much that we, we can relax, we can lie down and be able to know that, the, that our shepherd is watching over us. And even eating, uh, in those moments, the, the lambs or the, the sheep would, would take those times, you would see them laying out and they would chew the cud. And so th those, are, those are times of meditation. You're at peace and you're in God's presence, but you're meditating on him. You're meditating on his goodness and who he is. And he leads me beside still waters because rough waters are scary to sheep. They, they don't like loud noises. So those quiet waters are peaceful places where the Lord leads us to get a drink of good water. Because here's the problem. Sheep will drink anything. If there's not good water, they'll drink puddles that have been trampled in. They'll drink out of uh, puddles that have parasites and bugs. And later, it will affect them. And this is really an analogy of because sheep will eat and drink anything, even if it kills them. And, of course, we understand that God refers to us as hear my voice so you know where I'm at. 
so you can follow me. And he said they would just move like, like one whole body together, like a fluid movement together because he was, she was in the midst of them. She was among them, in, in the middle of them, and they would just flow with her and walk with her. Even in the darkest moments, even when it seems like night, he's still there, and he walks with us. It says, for you are with me. I'm not going to lead you from out there. That's why many times when we're going through our darkest hours, it's like we feel the presence of God even more. Whenever we, when we hit those moments when we're like, God, I need you right now. And it's like you feel his presence and you're leaning on him and he will speak to you in those moments. And then it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this is probably, honestly, the favorite, my favorite part of the scripture is your rod <coughs> and your staff, they comfort me. Both of these things are a representation of the Holy Spirit, the rod and the staff. Because these two instruments that a shepherd would carry, the rod was more of a club-shaped uh, weapon. And it, it would go up, and then towards the, the top of it, it would uh, be like a knot, like a, a knotted tree. And, and they would um, shape it that way so that it was heavier on one end. But that club would be used as protection, as a weapon. They would beat uh, animals or dangerous things to death with that club, with that rod. Or they would throw it and sling it and hit an animal with it to kill it. And so that rod was a protect. It was a defense. It was a protection for the sheep. But it's interesting because that rod was also used. It would be thrown at times, not at the sheep, but close to the sheep. And it would scare them back to the herd because they were wandering off. So the, the shepherd would actually sling that thing and get it to land close to the sheep. It would, it would scare the sheep back into the fold, back into the flock. And the, the rod, if you, if you remember throughout Scripture, Jesus is like the rod. He is the branch. He is the, the, the branch of Jesse, the rod, and which is the word of God. The word of God. So what does God do? He uses the word to, to bring us back into where we're supposed to be. It's through correction or rebuke or just through him uh, through a preaching or someone talking to us and saying, hey, you need corrected in this area. In fact, last night when mom was doing uh, pottery for us upstairs and she was, she was doing the, the a whole analogy of God being the potter and we are the clay. And, and at one point she was talking about how the pot, when it's on the wheel, like the next day after it's dried some, and you use these certain tools and utensils because now it's got to go through a trimming because there's certain edges that will be hard on it. And so you have to trim it to soften it up. And so she would use the, the uh, tools to trim it. But she said, now the potter's hands have kind of come off of the pot and it's like the tool now is the one trimming. Well, that's a representation of headship in our life. Pastors, apostles, teachers, 
you know, evangelists, they, they're used to perfect us. They're used to uh, bring us into alignment, to correct us at times. Mentors that speak to us and say, hey, you need to, you need to do this or watch out here. You're, you're getting a little bit off in this area and you need to come back. Correcting in our thinking and in our understanding. And so it was interesting that she had that analogy because I'd never thought about it before. But sometimes God uses people, you know, and he'll use his instruments, his vessels, his tools, people to come into our life to speak to us. But how many times do, do we want to run from that? Well, nobody's going to tell me. And we'll get an attitude because we don't want to listen to people well, I'm just, I'm just going to listen to God. And doesn't that sound so spiritual? You know, well, if God tells me. But so many times there's things that are already in the word. And if there are people in our life and they know that the, what's in the word, they've already been through experiences. They've already lived that. They know. And they're trying to save you. And, and then we can cop an attitude. So it's like, you know, he's saying, use the rod to make sure that, that we're keeping uh, the, the flock together because it's a, it's a form of protection. That rod could also be used to prod to get them to go the right way. If they start going off a different way, they can use that rod and prod them into the right direction. Now, what about the staff? What about the staff? Well, wait, let me go back to the rod for a second because the rod also, it's interesting because the rod also inspects the condition of the wool and what's under the wool. So that rod, he would rub over the, uh, the wool of the sheep, kind of separating the, the wool because there could be things that are under that wool that could be hurting the sheep, biting the sheep, insects, there could be burrs, there could be uh, mud, dirt, sticks, there could be a scrape or a cut, all of these things that are underneath the surface. And he uses that rod to inspect the sheep. And so many times, we want to keep it hidden. We want to hide those areas. We want to keep that wool in place so that it doesn't show. But God uses his word, his rod, to inspect our hearts. It's like what we talked about the other day, uh, Sunday in Hebrews, that the word of God is living and active, and it discerns or it judges the heart. It, it separates and divides soul and spirit. So it divides to where it's actually putting a magnifying glass on our inner parts. It's like that candle of the Lord, and it searches our innermost being. And we feel like, man, everybody's seeing through me right now. But it's actually the word of God, and it's him inspecting you. Because, it, I mean, our natural bodies, think of it this way. Our natural bodies, if we have something wrong with our natural body, it does something to alert us, right? So we'll do something about it. So if we... Uh, have a throbbing finger, you know, and it's cut and it's starting to get red or infected, then we need to do something about that to make sure that infection does not spread. So it's like we've got to medicate that. We've got to put ointment on it. We have to do something to heal that process. It's the same thing in our life. God wants to heal us. And sometimes we're just trying to say, no, God, cover that up. Keep that hidden. Don't let anybody see that because that hurts. 
But the thing is, God wants us to be whole. It was if you had a covenant with someone or if you were a friend with someone, if they came to your uh, location, to your city, then you had an obligation to care for them, to feed them, and to protect them. So you would invite them into your home and you would give them that place to stay. Well, think of that. Lot extended this invitation to these angels. Why? Because there was, there was a relationship there that he had had with God. And these angels, because of Abraham's covenant with God, and these angels were sent to get Lot out of that situation. And so Lot was providing them a safe place because it says that the men were so wicked that they wanted to sleep with the angels. And they were banging at the door trying to get in. Well, this was the safe place that Lot was because of the obligation that he had because of the covenant now God and us have a covenant so even in the midst of danger even in the midst of wickedness even in the midst when it when it looks like there's just craziness all around and enemies are all around but he will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies we have nothing to fear because we are in covenant with him so he's got an obligation to protect us if we will stay in covenant with him then he will keep us all of our days he anoints my head with oil he anoints my head with oil there are times when certain insects, pests, bugs, um, they, they want to they get on the sheep. And of course, you know, they don't have hands. They can't swat it away, you know. And, and so they, they get on the face of the sheep. You know, it's not so much a big deal with all the wool. It's so thick. But their faces are bare. And so they'll, they'll get up in the nostril, and they'll want to lay eggs up in the nostrils. They'll want to lay eggs in the ears. And so these insects, these flies, these bugs, they'll get up in there, and they'll lay eggs. Now, if these eggs hatch, they can crawl into the head, and they will... Actually, you can cause an infestation in the head of the animal. And, of course, it's, it's very irritating. It's very annoying. Uh, and and it, there's also times it can get so bad that a sheep will start banging his head off of the ground, a rock, a post, uh, something just to try to get relief because it's, like, in his head. Now, think about that for a second. Because we can sometimes swallow or take in wrong ideology and if we don't live biblically it will affect our thinking it will impact the way we're thinking and even with all the pests the annoyance of the bugs they can sometimes cause a a stampede or just chaos in the whole herd i call it i'm keep calling it a herd it's a flock but they can cause chaos in the whole flock. Because if, they, if one starts running in panic because it's trying to get away from all of this disturbance, then all of them are anxious and they start running. And it's like it, it can affect the whole group. It can affect the whole, the whole family. It can affect the whole church. You know, if we aren't under the anointing. Because that oil is the anointing. And it's the oil 
that sets us free. It's the oil that brings us relief. And so the shepherd will oil their heads and their faces to bring them relief. And then those bugs can't, can't stay on them. They can't lay eggs. It's the anointing that, that breaks wrong thinking. He'll correct us even in the anointing. He'll break things off of us in the anointing. And that's why when it goes on to say, my cup runs over because just one time is not enough. It's not enough to be anointed one time. It's not enough to be just in the presence one time. We have to keep going there time and time and time again. Being anointed by the shepherd. Being anointed by his presence. Because it's what keeps us in line. It's what corrects our thinking. It's what keeps our heart soft. If we're not in his presence, it starts to show on the outside. And we do stupid things like banging our heads off the ground and so we don't want to be stupid sheep we've got to put ourselves in the anointing and of course that's why so often you know it's it's like even being in the presence sometimes you you might say well you know I don't I don't feel like going to church and then after you come to church it's like I'm glad I went it's like the the flesh didn't want to but then you went and then it's like oh you know what I feel better I feel better because I was in God's presence and I just stopped, I relaxed, I let, I let his Holy Spirit minister to me and now I'm glad I did. Because it's the anointing and it's the ministry of the anointing that touches us and keeps us in a safe place. And then it finishes by saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It should be our desire that we are in the house of the Lord. It should be our desire that we are in his presence. It should be our desire that we understand that there's safety in the presence of the shepherd, in the house of God. Because when we're there, it's like I know that I am in his presence and goodness and mercy is going to chase me down. Goodness and mercy is in his house. When I make things happen for God, he makes things happen for me. And whenever I, the more I devote to God, it was like, you know, the word that I had for Zephan, the, you know, what you, what you desire and the things that you go after, the, the degree that you go after God that will be the determining factor to the degree that he opens things up for you. It's not just a, a, a rolling of the dice. It's not a lottery ticket that he draws. The, the more that you're devoted to him, the more that you see things happen in your life because he prizes those that prize him. He treasures those that treasure him. And so when we understand, I don't want to have a desire to be away from him, away from the flock, away from uh, the house of God. I am committed because I understand the benefit. I understand the blessing that chases me down from that. So I'm content. I'm content in his blessing. I'm content in the house of God and goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when you think of the shepherd through all of those instances, it's like, you know, like, I have no fear. I am anointed. He keeps me. He takes me to, to where I need to be, to eat daily, the daily provision he supplies me with. I have nothing to fear. I just can't be a stupid sheep. <laughs> so that's the, that's the moral of the whole story. We can't be stupid sheep. We, we can't, like, allow ourselves to 
think that we got our own ideas. He's the good shepherd. He's the one that knows where we need to be, what we need to grow in. He's the one that's got the rod and the staff and checking us over and telling us what we need to do, what we need to correct, what we need to improve on, the instruction, the, the, the daily provision. And in that place, we are safe. Amen.